18. You say, okay, um, let's agree that reality is one, as you say it is. Oneness, unity, is the attribute of the person. Is then reality a person with the universe as its body? Life answers, whatever you may say will be both true and false. Words do not reach beyond the mind. You say, I'm just trying to understand you. You tell us of the person, the self, and the supreme being, the light of pure awareness focused as I am in the self, as consciousness, which then illuminates the mind as the life force vitalizes the body. All this is fine as far as the words go, but when it comes to distinguishing in myself the person from the self and the self from the supreme, I kind of get mixed up. Life says, the person is never the subject. We can see a person, but we are not the person. We are always the supreme, that is to say, awareness embodied in consciousness, which appears at a given point of time and space as the witness, a bridge between the pure awareness of the supreme and the manifold consciousness of the person. You say, when I look at myself, I find I am several selves fighting amongst themselves for the use of this body. Life says, these correspond to the various tendencies of the mind. You say, can I make peace between them? Life asks, how can you? They are so contradictory. See them as they are, as habits of thoughts and feelings, bundles of memories and urges. You say, yet all of them are going, I am. Life says, it is only because you identify yourself with them. Once we realize that whatever appears before us cannot be our self and cannot say, I am, we are free of all of ourselves and their demands. The sense of I am is our own. We cannot part with it, but we can all also imparted to anything, as in saying, I am well-read, I am knowledgeable, I am a spiritual person, I am a good person, or a bad person. But such self-identifications are patently false and the cause of bondage. You say, I can now understand that I am not a person in this way, but rather that which, when reflected in the person, gives it a sense of being. But what about the Supreme? In what way do I know myself as the Supreme Life Force? Life answers, the source of consciousness cannot be an object in consciousness. To know the source is to be the source. When you realize that you are not the person, but the pure and calm witness, and that fearless awareness is your very being, you are then, at that point, that being. It is the source, the inexhaustible possibility. You say, what is that noise outside? No, you don't say that. You say, are there many sources or one for all? Life answers, it depends how you look at it, from which end. The objects in the world are many, but the eye that sees them is one. The higher always appears as one to the lower, and the lower as many to the higher. You say, 
shapes and names and droning noises coming from outside the window while I'm recording. These, they're all one and the same inexhaustible possibility of God. Life says, again, it all depends on how you look at it. On the verbal level, everything is relative. Absolute should be experienced, not discussed. You ask, how is the absolute experienced? Life answers, it is not an object to be recognized and stored up in memory. It is in the present and in feeling rather. It has more to do with the how than with the what. It is in the quality, in the value, being the source of everything. It is in everything. You say, if it is the source, if this noise, this droning noise outside is the source, why and how does it manifest itself? Life answers, it gives birth to consciousness, all else is in consciousness. You ask, why are there so many centers of consciousness then? Life answers, the objective universe is in constant movement, projecting and dissolving innumerable forms. Whenever a form is infused with life, consciousness appears by reflection of awareness in matter. You ask, how is the Supreme affected by all of this? Life answers, what can affect it and how? Not even a lawnmower making a droning noise outside the window can affect it. The source is not affected by the vagaries of the river, nor is metal by the shape of the jewelry. Is light affected by the picture on the screen? The supreme life force makes everything possible. That is all. You ask, how is it that some things do happen and some things don't? Life answers, seeking out causes is a pastime of the mind. There is no duality of cause and effect. Everything is its own cause. You say, but then no purposeful action is possible. Life answers, all I say is that consciousness contains all. In consciousness all is possible. We can have causes if we want them in our world Another may be content maybe with a single cause, such as God's will. This is God's will. The root cause is one, the sense of I am. You ask, what is the link between the self and this supreme life force that we talk about? Life answers, from the self's point of view, the world is known, but in the case of the supreme, we are really referring here to the unknown. The unknown gives birth to the known, yet remains unknown. The known is infinite, but the unknown is an infinitude of infinities. Just like a ray of light is never seen unless intercepted by the specks of dust. Just like the sound of a lawnmower outside is never heard unless intercepted by the ears. So does the Supreme make everything known, itself remaining unknown. You say, does it mean that the unknown is inaccessible? Life answers, oh no, no, the supreme is the easiest to reach, for it is our very being. It is enough to stop thinking and desiring. Then we are the supreme. You say, and if I desire nothing, not even the supreme? Life answers, then you are as good as dead. 
or you are the supreme. You say, the world is full of desires. Everybody wants something or other. At this moment, I want noise to cease outside this window so that I can get on with my recording. Who is the desirer, the person or the self? Life answers, the self. All desires, holy and unholy, come from the self. They all hang on the sense of I am. You say, I can understand holy desires emanating from the self. These may emerge as expressions of an ultimate reality perceived in existence, consciousness and bliss. But how can we talk of unholy desires? Life says, all desires aim at happiness. You believe at this moment that were that noise to cease outside the window, you would be happy. Their shape and, the, and their quality, the shape and the quality of this, these desires depend on the psyche. Where inertia predominates, we find misguided action. With energy, passions arise. With lucidity, the motive behind the desire may emerge as goodwill, compassion, the urge to make others happy rather than to hold happiness just for ourselves. The Supreme is beyond all this, yet because of its infinite permeability, all cogent desires can be fulfilled. You ask, which of these desires are cogent? Life answers, desires that destroy their subjects or objects or do not subside on satisfactions are self-contradictory and cannot be fulfilled. Only desires motivated by love, goodwill and compassion are beneficial to both the subject and the object and can be fully satisfied. You say, but all desires are painful, the holy as well as the unholy. Life says, they are not the same and pain is not the same. Passion is painful, compassion is not. The entire universe strives to fulfill a desire born of compassion. You say, does the supreme life as we know it know itself? Is it consciousness? Is it conscious? Life says, the source of all has all. Whatever flows from it must be there already in seed form. And as a seed is the last of innumerable seeds and contains the experience and the promise of numberless forests. And so in this way does a life contain all that was or could have been and all that shall or would be. The entire field of becoming is open and accessible. The past and the future coexist in the eternal now. You say... So are you, life, living in this supreme, unknown manifestation of life? Life answers, where else? You say, what makes you say so? Life answers, well, maybe desires aren't core to my mind. You ask, are you then unconscious? <laughs> life answers, of course not. I am fully conscious, but since... Desire or fear are not key aspects of my mind. There is a kind of silence. You ask, who knows the silence? Life says, silence knows itself. It is the silence of the silent mind when passions and desires are silenced. You ask, don't you experience desires occasionally? 
Life says, desires are waves in the mind. You know a wave when you see one. A desire is just one thing among many. I feel no urge to satisfy it. No action needs to be taken on it. Freedom from desire means this. The compulsion to satisfy is absent. You ask, why do desires arise at all? Life says, because we imagine that we were born and that we will die if we do not take care of our bodies. Desire for embodied existence is the root cause of a lot of trouble. Desire for embodied existence is the root cause of a lot of trouble. You say, yet we see this living, desiring substance in all bodies. Surely it cannot be some error of judgment. There must be a purpose here. What could it be? Life answers, to know itself, the self must be faced with its opposite, the not-self. Desire leads to experience. Experience may lead to discrimination, detachment, self-knowledge, maybe even liberation. And what is this liberation after all? To know that we are somehow beyond birth and death. By forgetting who we are and imagining ourselves as mortal creatures, we create so much trouble for ourselves that we often have to wake up like from a bad dream. Inquiry, as we are doing here, also wakes us up. We need not wait for suffering. Inquiry into happiness is useful for the mind, may then experience harmony and peace, which of course is what we seek. You say, who exactly is the ultimate experiencer, the self or life? Life answers, the self, of course. You say, then why introduce the notion of a supreme unknown life force? Life answers, to explain the self. You ask, but is there anything beyond the self? Life says, outside the self, there is nothing. All is one and all is contained in I am. In the waking and dream states, it is the person, the human animal who is conscious in deep sleep and pure consciousness. It is the self. Beyond the alert intentness of this state lies the great silent peace of supreme being. But in fact, all is one in essence and related in appearance. In ignorance, the seer becomes the seen, and in wisdom, we are the seeing. In ignorance, the seer becomes the seen, and in wisdom, we are the seeing. But why bother yourself? with the Supreme. Know the knower, and all will be known.